Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could be here to join us for it. Can somebody please open us up in prayer, please? I will. God, I just welcome you inside of our midst and allow you to lead us along the right path and show us the obvious ways and indicators to show us when we're wrong. And Lord, I also thank you for comforting us as we walk walk along the path you've set out for us. In the name of Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Kyla, Isla. Yes. All right, so this morning, we are continuing Second Samuel. We are going to cover chapter 22. We're going to do things a slightly different this morning because this is just a, a song or psalm of David and uh, giving praise for God's deliverance. So we're going to split this up and we're going to just read this thing in its entirety and then let's discuss what, what stood out to us. Okay? Yes. And by what stood out to us and what the Holy Spirit revealed or you know, prompted mm-hmm. us. All right? Yes. Okay, so let's split it up every 10 verses. Okay, we'll start with you, Charles. Okay. Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song. On the day which the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul, and he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my strength in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my Savior, you saved me from violence. I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised, so shall I be saved from my enemies. When the waves of death surrounded me, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple, and my cry entered his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of heaven quaked and were shaken, because he was angry. Smoke smoke went up from his nostrils, and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down, with darkness under his feet. He rode upon a cherub and flew, and he was seen upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness canopies around him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, coals of fire were kindled. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. He sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning bolts, and he vanquished them. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils. He sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters, he delivered me from my strong enemies, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They comforted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. He has also brought me out, of a, out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. 
according to the cleanliness of my hands. He has recompensed me. I have, for I have kept the ways of the Lord and not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me. And as for his statutes, I did not depart from them. I, will also, I was also blameless before him, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanliness in his eyes. With the merciful you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless man you will show yourself blameless. With the pure you will show yourself pure. And with the devious you will show yourself shrewd. I, you will save the humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty that you may bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness. For you I can run against a troop. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? God is my strength and power, and he makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, of deer and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarge my path under me, so my feet did not slip. I have pursued my enemies and destroyed them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. And I have destroyed them and wounded them, so that they could, rise, they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet, for you have armed me with the strength for the battle, and have subdued under me those who rose against me. You have also given me the necks of my enemies, so that I destroyed those who hated me. They looked, but there was none to save, even to the Lord, but he did not answer them. Then I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I trod them like dirt in the streets, and I spread them out. You have also delivered me from the strivings of my people. You have kept me as the head of the nations. A people I have not known shall serve me. The foreigners submit to me. As soon as they hear, they obey me. The foreigners fade away and come frightened from their hideouts. The Lord lives. Blessed be my rock. Let God be exalted, the rock of my salvation. It is God who avenges me and subdues the peoples under me. He delivers me from my enemies. You also lift me above those who rise against me. You have delivered me from the violent man. Therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. He is the tower of salvation to his king, and shows mercy to his anointed, to David and his descendants forevermore. Okay. So, what was revealed to her? What stood out? I had seen this before previously in Psalms, but specifically in, in verse 12, he made darkness canopies around him, dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. That was a little bit of a stumbling point for me before because the Lord was described as being light, so I was wondering why darkness was his hiding place or his canopy. But then when I went back and read verse 9, that says, Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. 
then that's what it made sense. It was the smoke from his nostrils that was making it like that. Not that Satan was in his hiding spot or he was hiding in darkness. Uh-huh. Good. Anyone else? Um, the chapter kind of remind, well, not kind of, it reminded me of Psalms 18, where it was just like the whole thing. Okay, explain, sir. Kind of like, I first recognized it when it said, I read this Psalms 18, did I say 19? No, you said 18. Oh, okay. Psalms 18 previously, like, months ago. Mm -hmm. And I first noticed it when it said, When the waves of death surround me and the floods of ungodliness ungodliness made me afraid. I thought I recognized it. It then when it talked about the earth shook and trembled and the foundation of heaven quaked and was shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. So you're saying this is exactly Psalm 18. Well, is that what you're telling us? I'm not saying it's exactly there's actually. There are a lot of uh, parts of Psalm 18 that also are reflected in this psalm, right? There's just in a different order. So you can look at the beginning of, say, verse 4, uh, say, was it 4 through 7? And that's identical to what's in Psalm 18, 3 through 6. Um, the next part, 18 through, or sorry, verse 8 through verse 21 in 2 Samuel is very similar to what's in Psalm 18, 7 through 20. Um, verses 22 through 25 is similar to what's in Psalm 18, 21 through 24. The next section, verses 26 through 28, is similar to what's in Psalm 18, 25 through 31. Um, and I'll say verses 33 through, um, I'll say the end, is similar to what's in Psalm 18, 32 through 50. So there are a lot of similarities. Are they in different orders? Yeah, to a point. Slightly, but it, I mean, even the, the comments about it, it references the same as verse 1 in chapter 22. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So besides seeing the similarities there, sir, what else did you get out of it? That's a good promise. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. The reference about verse 18. <laughs> Psalms 18. Chapter 18. I kind of, well, not kind of. I found it interesting in verse 17 through 18 where it was talking kind of like where it was describing how 
David went to the Lord because it. How it David described how the Lord came to save him and kind of like further inside of the chapter. I'd have to find where it was just. Okay. Can you paraphrase it? Give us an overview of what it's about. Part of it's like the in the beginning verses and like I noticed it started with I'm not. It's okay, sweetheart. Just tell us what you're. I found it interesting that Psalm, not Psalms. The, the chapter that we're reading in the beginning verses, mm -hmm. near the beginning when he started the song, mm -hmm. he first lit up with the praise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're saying enter my courts with. Thanksgiving. No, I'm saying that and talking about how the Lord is worthy to be praised. Then I'm talking about how David entered into the song that yes, yes the right. song that I was singing with praise mm -hmm. and even throughout the whole thing it was still praise of the Lord. Oh not okay. grumbling, griping and complaining. Oh. Excellent. That's even true. in the midst of trials and difficulties. Because he discusses a lot of that in here, right? Yes. Yes. And he's still able to see the good, which is able to see the Lord and how the Lord moves, even in the midst of those things. And, of course, he looks to see what the Lord and acknowledges what the Lord did mm -hmm. in the midst of his trials and circumstances. So then he can also, and he shares with us the results of those, mm -hmm. which is testifying or providing a testimony of the goodness of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Anyone else? Um, I found verses 29 through 31 to be particularly interesting and very in line with what Promise was praying, opening us up with prayer. In. Okay. It says, mind. For you are my, my lamp, O Lord. The Lord shall enlighten my darkness. For by you I can run against a troop. By my God I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He's a shield to all who trust in him. Mm -hmm. And personally, that is encouraging. The Lord knows that I've had moments, like, just even with going to school, and at times it looks daunting, like a daunting task, and... It seems like it might be hopeless or pointless just because 
and then I wonder if I can actually do it. But kind of like all through Second Samuel, it's kind of like, ouch, God, why'd you have to smack me like that? <laughs> Everything we, <laughs> we've discussed. He's like, no, dummy, shut up and go to school, and you can do it, even if it doesn't always look like that in the moment. Mm-hmm. And so what you're saying is there been some conviction. Uh, that's a nice way of putting it. Uh, yeah, well, you know, we try to be like the Lord, gracious. He's comforting you in, in correction. Uh-huh. And telling the truth to your inward man. Because your inward man believes a lie in some capacities, right? But yes. now he's not covering him over, not not putting a blanket over him as though it doesn't exist, but uprooting those things and plucking them up by the root and casting them out in the name of Jesus and replacing it with the truth. The truth is that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. David is saying that same thing in uh-huh. just in a different formation of words. He's saying the same thing, like, I can run against the truth and I can leap over a wall. We're like, you think you're Superman? But of course, he's saying, I can do anything. There's nothing that's too hard for me because the Lord is his shield. If I trust him, he'll be a shield and he'll carry me to the place that I need to be in. Right? Yes. He'll strengthen me. He'll protect me. He'll carry me because he has always been found to be truthful. His point has always been made. There's nothing that he said that is not and will not come to pass. He doesn't have empty words. God is certainly not a failure. So as long as you stay in his, how Jesus said, they're in my hands and no one snatches them out. If you just keep your sweet self right in his hands and trust him and go, God, you got this. And I'm going to go do everything you asked me to do. Because you know, David said, you notice he said, I, I can leap over a wall. Meaning he's doing the action that's necessary. Yes. But he knows God is also protecting him and helping him do that thing, that task. So, but there's also the why. And if you look at verses 22 through 25, David discusses, I'll say, habits and patterns or practices that he has um, applied to his life. Right? Keeping the ways of the Lord not uh, wickedly departing from the Lord, right? Keeping the Lord's judgments before him, following his statues, not departing from them, being blameless, right? Which is, these are all things the Lord asks and requires of us. Be blameless, to be pure, to be holy as the Lord is holy, perfect, right? Yes. Keeping himself, in this case David, from iniquity. And as a result, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, but then he clarifies that and says, going to the cleanliness of the Lord, or in his eyes, excuse me. His cleanliness. God's Not by our own standards or what we think or feel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I mean, because oh, we can have this, I'll say, religious or self-righteous perspective of, oh, yes, I'm doing everything that, that uh, the law, requires. the, law, the <laughs> commandments state. Mm-hmm. However, you see this throughout the entirety of Scripture. The Lord says, no, that's not right. You, you, even in Revelation, right, what's he saying to the churches? You think you're rich, but in fact you are poor and naked. Right? Come buy from me gold refined. Right? 
Okay. So we can have a perspective of, oh, even with people in, in ourselves, right? Or uh, they can have a false impression of people and think, oh, that person is super righteous and they're just doing everything in according with the, with the Lord's word. But the Lord knows the thoughts and intentions of the heart. He knows what's true. It's not about the, the appearance or the perception. It's about how the Lord views us. Now, yes, we have a role and a responsibility. Keeping his ways. Well, learning and keeping his ways. Actually being pure, blameless, holy, perfect before him. According to God's standards. Exactly. Of what that is. Because clearly you see 1 John 1, 9 enacted here. Yes. Right? When he's saying, David is saying that he... That God is recompensing him according to his righteousness and the cleanness, and according to his cleanness in God's eyes. When clearly we know he had a huge deal happen in his life, and I say huge because it was huge in line with in the scope of everything else, how he had carried himself before that point, and then yes. how it affected him afterwards. But God says, when you come to me and repent, right, truly and genuinely that he cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and we are set right before him as though it never happened. Exactly. So that, that concept that we see in the New Testament, we see that, first of all, God is the same God. Yesterday, today, and forever. And that David understood that God, okay, if you say it's done, it's done. And if you don't remember my sin, neither will I. But it's also a, I'll say striving, but it's not really striving. It's just a, a choice in setting your, your heart and your mind to not do the things that are against the Lord, against his will, or, or things that are displeasing to him. Yes. Right? So that's how David in, this, in these few verses are saying he chose to live, or he's choosing to live his life. These are the, the practices that he's applying to every aspect of his life. Now, as your mother just said, now clearly he didn't get it right all the time. But he brought it back into, he repented and brought himself, his actions, his ways, thoughts, everything, back into alignment with the Lord. Repeatedly. Yeah, and he kept working towards it, but clearly he's a human and not perfect. Exactly. Right? Yes. And people do fall short of the glory of God. So, yes, we try to avoid falling, if at all possible, right? Because things work better that way. But when you do fall, don't hesitate to come back to the Lord and, and tell him you're sorry Amen. and get back on the course, right? Because God understands. Not that he's excusing it or permiss you know, giving permission for it, but he still loves us and he understands that. And the... We've talked about conscious, the, the conscious, the soul of the, the human that's impacted when they commit sin, especially when they know better. And how it takes time, you know, that sin, the, the marks, the residue that sin can leave on the inward being. Well, God has already forgiven you, but taking his thought of, hey, you're righteous. The moment you come back mm -hmm. and repent, you've been stood up, washed off in the blood of Jesus and made right. Let's keep moving. Let's keep going forward. And you can see, looking over the previous chapters, that David struggled. But here, he's making his declaration like, God, you call me clean, I'm clean. 
right? Yes. Which is why he said, yes. according to my cleanness in his eyes. Not going, no, I never send you guys. And, you know, knowing that Joab and the whole mighty men and crew, everybody knew what he did, all of his children, all of his other wives, everybody knew what he had done, but none of that mattered. Only what God said about him mattered. And Kyla, that's what I, I want to encourage you on. I mean, everyone. But when you struggle with things in your mind and you go, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm starting to get the hang of it right now, but what about all the times that I failed in the past? What about all the times that I gave up or I didn't do it right or I quit or I fell short of your glory? Take God's opinion of you. Take his expression of who you are and let that be your standard. Let that be what your eyes see because that is the truth. Exactly, how he views you, not how you view yourself or the situation. And then make your best effort. Get up and run through a troop. Get up and leap over a wall, whatever that wall may be. That's a lot of math or people are going to be looking at me for safety or whatever it is, whatever that wall seems to be, by your God, leap over it. Whatever it seems to be trying to stand in your way to keep you from overcoming and conquering what God has already conquered and subdued before you. Know that your God is the one who causes you to run through a troop and get up and run. Go run through that troop in the name of Jesus, fully expecting that your God will be there and do exactly what he said he would do because he's been doing it all along. He always does what he said he will do. Even long after you forget, get tired and grow old, he's on it. He's got it. He's still talking about David's generations to this day. Yes. He's still remembering them before him at this point in time. And he will finish it out because he's faithful. Beyond what we can think faithfulness is, he's got it. So trust him and enjoy the ride. Enjoy the walk. Enjoy the journey that he puts you on. But you have to run. You have to jump. Okay. Yes. You have to do those things. But again, you are not the source of the power, right? That's what David says in verse 33 on. The Lord is his source of strength, power, all those things. In other words, whether it's school or whatever else, he's applying everything, attributing it to the Lord. The Lord is the reason why he can do whatever it is. Yes, but you he see, has to make his effort. That's what I was saying. Yeah, absolutely, oh, okay. absolutely. But knowing it's not from within us, mm-hmm. right? Jesus says the same thing. Without me, you can do nothing. Yes. Okay, so receive that, grasp that, and then move forward in it. Yes, we still have a role. We still have a part to play. But knowing that it's not coming from us, it's not our own strength, our own power, our own knowledge, wisdom, whatever it is, everything that we have and we are doing comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. So then I don't have to rely on myself. It makes things easy. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you still have to put forth the effort, effort that's required on your part. There's a part that belongs to God to do, and there's a part that belongs to the person to do. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. What else? Anybody have anything else that stood out to them? Go ahead, Layla. There was one thing. Um, verse 
43, when David said, Then I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I trod them like dirt in the streets, and I spread them out. The Lord had reminded me of um, Proverbs, and it's verse 10, or 20, chapter 22, verse 10. Sorry, that's okay. And it says, cast out the scoffering, contentions will leave. Yes, strife and reproach will cease. A little while ago, he had said something different on that same scripture. He said, cast them out like dirt on the streets, the scoffer, and all fighting, quarrels, and reproach will stop. And it was just brought to my remembrance when we read verse 43 in 2 Samuel 22, and I was like, well, Lord, now I see what you're talking about. I, I understood, but not when he said it at first. I was befuddled, if you will. <laughs> I was okay. like, Lord, why are you telling me this? But it was really important for me because I w- would start fights all the time just because I thought I was right or I wanted to be right. And it caused a lot of problems. But now that I look at it and I've been working on it, now I can see the Lord and why he says it, that it, that it, that point is important. Even if you sit, don't do any other sin, but if you think you're right and you start fighting, all the trouble that comes with it, I have to warn you about it. It's not what you bargained for, what you thought it was going to be. It's not just, oh, it's just this one argument, and then when I finish talking nasty to somebody, everything will be smooth. No, it's just pulls more problems because now this other person has a piety statement they want to say. Now you want to get on them and still be right. And then everybody's in chaos and disarray and order. And that leaves a giant hole for the enemy to come in and, uh, is it wreck or wreak havoc? Wreak <laughs> havoc in your yes. <laughs> Okay. So it's important that you remember that being right, as dad and mommy likes to say, is not counted as being righteous. Being righteous is being right, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. You can be right and do it in such a nasty way it makes you wrong, or you can be righteous in such a loving way it makes you right. Mm-hmm. Go no. ahead, girl. Exactly. <laughs> Still required to speak the truth, but do it in love. Right, and let the Holy Spirit let you know when that time to speak that truth is. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just about saying things with no regard for the person on the other side of it or the plan that God actually has. He desires that all men come to repentance. He wants all of us to look like him and walk upright and to be successful in what he calls success. He wants us to not fail in life. So he also has a plan to get everyone there. Make sure you're cooperating with that plan, not creating obstacles. Very good, Layla. Absolutely. Mm. Okay, what about you, LaCharles? Been quiet uh, down there. I was really good to bring something up, but he had already brought it up, Mommy. Oh, tell me, what it, what was it? Oh, uh, it was verse 23 and 24. Okay. I was really good to bring up, but I couldn't even find a scripture I was good to compare it to. It was somewhere in the Gospels, I don't know which one it was, but it was talking about how Jesus was saying, go tell the disciples and Peter... And I was going to bring it up how David was saying that he was blameless, not saying that he had no sin, but that the Lord remembered it no longer and he could fully move forward. 
And I was going to relate that to how Peter thought after he'd done that, he was worthless. So he went back to fishing. After but, he denied Jesus three times? Yes. Mm -hmm. And the Lord called him back and told him everything was going to be all right. And saying that he had prayed for Peter mm -hmm. to get through it. So I just found that interesting. Okay. Very good. I'm, I'm glad yes. you said something now because you articulated it in a way that was different than what I said. Although mm -hmm. it was content-wise the same, we were making the same point, but you had a different articulation of it that was special. So go ahead and share that. That's, that's mm -hmm. excellent from the Lord. Don't you love the, the goodness of our God, the gentleness of our King and our Master and His ever-ready willingness to forgive and restore and mm -hmm. reconcile Anyone and everyone. I mean, mentioning Peter, who was like, I don't know you, Lord. <laughs> you know, in, in, in my pious mind, I'm like, I would never do that, God. You know, right? Like, but everybody said, I'll says never that. deny you. You know, and I would never want to do that to the Lord. But I can look back on my life and say, I've done it many times. Right. Knowing what was right to do and yet and still not doing it is the same as what Peter did. I just may not have put it in those words, but it was still denying Christ, even though I knew better. And so I, I love that God is always <laughs> able to and ready to forgive us and put us back in right standing with him. And he doesn't withhold it from us. He doesn't go, nah, psst, psst, psst. that was 999, you know, your 999th time doing it too bad. You know what I mean? We, we have until we leave this planet. And I'm, I mean, I've even seen people have a breath restored to them for a moment so they can receive Jesus and go on their merry way. So his grace and his goodness and his faithfulness has no end. I mean, like, it's just abounding, mm -hmm. just like he describes himself. He's abounding in goodness and mercy. Um, for me, I, I was enjoying the um, verse 36 and 37, which is along those lines. He has also given me the shield. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your gentleness has made me great. Which gentleness is a fruit of the spirit, right? Yes. And those are God's attributes. You know, sometimes when in certain, you know, schools of thought, God in the Old Testament is a different God than who we have today. And then he'll be a different God in the future when he said, no, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's the same God, and he's he's a gentle God. And we saw his gentleness with David. He's like, I'm, I'm going to tell you what you did wrong, because if I don't, then you can't correct it. If I, if I don't point it out to you, you cannot correct it, and then you're going to stay eternally separated. But when he, when he brought that to his attention, he still did it with loving arms and said, okay, I put your sin away from you. However, you know, these are the troubles that are coming, but I'm not mad at you, son. I'm going to be there with you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to keep you. Yes, you've given the enemy this opportunity, but I'll, I've got the final word on this. As long as you continue to keep the door open for God, for me, as in the Lord, right? Yes. I'm going to keep working on your behalf. I'm going to keep my word to you. I'm going to follow through with what I said. And yes, you'll be hard-pressed, but you won't be destroyed in that process. So um, Galatians 5.23 listing the fruit of the Spirit, but also Philippians 4, 5, when it's talking about how we should cultivate ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and 
how we should carry ourselves before our neighbors and people walking by and just walking through the earth. Um, it talks about, it says, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. He loves that. This is his character. So I just, I always appreciate seeing that. And verse 37, you enlarged my path under me so my feet did not slip. So it wasn't like God had him on a, a, a tightrope, you know what I mean? Like a high wire going, yes. walk on this and you better get it right. And, you know, and he's pointing at him. But God said, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to change the, um, I'm going to alter the setup in your favor. I'm going to make this path so wide under your feet, son, you can't help but stand. Like, can you see that versus, you yes. know, the mindset that says, oh, God's going to make it hard. He's just waiting to punish you and bonk you in the noggin and cast you out because he doesn't want to be bothered with you anyway. But on, you see, that's not truth. The truth is God wants you to succeed. He's done everything that he can to make sure that you don't fail. Like to the point of, that's okay, son. I'm going to move. You know, if you can imagine angels flying and moving boulders out of your way and the path is suddenly getting wider when it seems so narrow to make sure you can stay on it. That's a God. That's the God we serve. That's our God. Absolutely. He is a wonderful and mighty God and so loving. And you can see his compassion and like, David was like, man, I mean, couldn't get himself out of his own way at a certain point. But God was like, that's okay. Not that he's condoning sin, but he's like, son, it's all right. Just keep trusting me. I'll make sure you can get there. I love that about God. Remember that about him, that he's doing everything possible. And Kylie, you've seen this in your own life in various ways. Like, Lord, how many chances? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And he still keeps making that path broader under your feet. And he's making them sure. Like he says, he makes my feet like the deer, right? Yes. Not only can you run, but it, deer don't fall down. I don't know if, if, if you've noticed this. They're, they're running and they're leaping and they're, they're darting around and doing their, doing their thing. Quickly. But they don't fall on the ground. I've never seen them go, oops, you know, trip over a rock and then roll <laughs> and tumble and look around, you know, startled. They just hop over it and they keep it moving. So you not only have him stabilizing your feet and making them quick and responsive, right? They can jump over rocks all of a sudden and you think, oh, I'm going to trap you. And they dart off to the side, you know, like a deer. He's yes. making your feet sure. He's giving you strength and ability that you don't have within your own capacity. Run through a troop leap over a wall. Making the path wider before you. I mean, and he's, he's doing all this and giving the ministering angels charge over you to keep you like they're they're flying as fast as they can moving the boulders out of the way and and defending and fighting on our behalf like you can't help but love our god and praise him and celebrate him and thank mm -hmm. him for everything that he's done he is the lord our god who delivers us who keeps us who loves us and does not forget his word to us Glad you brought that up because uh, something that stood out to me, but also uh, I'll back up a little bit. Verses 26 through 28. Uh, that part really jumped out at me mm -hmm. because it talks about the, I'll say the Lord's nature and his character. Mm -hmm. You see a very similar thing stated in Exodus 34. And, you know, talking about the, the Lord's gracious and compassionate and merciful and mm -hmm. And all those things you see that stated in different words, but at the core, it's getting, it's literally describing the exact same character 
and characteristics of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you know, he says, Without, excuse me, your eyes are on the haughty that you may bring them down. To me, it's a, it just confirms his word where he says, every knee shall bow mm-hmm. and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen. Right? Yes. So it's setting himself, well, he's already there, but allowing others to see who is God. Mm-hmm. You can serve no other gods, right? So if we're haughty or prideful, then mm-hmm. we are in fact serving another God, mm-hmm. if it's ourself or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. God resists the proud. Exactly. Right? It gives more yes. grace to the humble. But even in looking at that, right, skip over that section that you already covered, <laughs> right? But there's the, uh, I'll say from verses 44 on, right? Um, David talks about some of the struggles and the trials, even within his own household. But it's not just within his household. Like in that, from 44 to 46, mm-hmm. he's talking about, uh, I'll say the span of his life. Mm-hmm. Yep, the recent, as we were reading, struggles and, and trials and within his house, like his own household, with his own family and children and all those things. Mm-hmm. But then it's expanded and he's had even more recent uprisings and rebellions throughout the land with other children of Israel. Mm-hmm. But then he also talks about expanded outside of that with foreigners, mm-hmm. people outside his, his kingdom, his nation. And he comes to the same conclusion with all of them. The Lord's the one that delivers him, mm-hmm. and the Lord's the one that essentially makes everyone submit and obey him, mm-hmm. obey David. Ultimately, obeying the Lord, of course. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: yes, we are to keep order in our homes, right? This isn't just—I'll say it in this way: it isn't just for leaders, right? Whether yes, because it's a, a loose term because we can be leaders in our own house, mm-hmm. at our job, right? And yes, we can be heads of state, leaders of nations. It's not about striving against people. Yes. Maintain order and discipline, absolutely, right? But we, being believers, Christians, should have order and structure and discipline in our lives every moment of every day anyway, because that's part of the nature and character of the Lord. However, it's not about fighting against people. We've talked about this lately in the past few um, studies that we've done, right? There's, if it's, fi- it's coming against the spirit behind it, mm-hmm. right, that is, I'll say, moving or that someone else is mm-hmm. participating in. Mm-hmm. However, the Lord's the one that makes every knee bow, every knee submit, mm-hmm. and say Jesus is Lord. And we, being his people, and who he has appointed for us in that office, in that place, in that mm-hmm. whatever position it may be, He's given us authority to take control over those things. So it's not fighting against the people. It's fighting against the, I'll say, demonic spiritual nature behind it, Mm -hmm. one. And then two, let the Lord do his thing and bring everyone together, right? This this goes with other scripture where he says, if you're following me or seeking my face, I'll even make your enemies be at peace with you, Mm -hmm. right? So... It's not that we don't have a role, right? We were just talking about that. You got to be gracious. You got to, 
exhibit the same nature and character of the Lord. However, let the Lord do his thing. The, mm -hmm. Our God is the God of relationships, first with him and then with his people. And his people aren't just the Christians or the believers. Mm -mm. He's created each and every person and thing on this earth. So even people that are resisting the Lord mm -hmm. are still his, still his creation. Mm -hmm. So we have to treat each and every one as our neighbor. Mm -hmm. In so doing, it fulfills all the law and all the prophets, right? Yes. yes. That's, that's the second greatest commandment. But like I said, our God is a God of relationships. Yes. First with himself, then with his people. And, it, you know, us operating the way the Lord wants us to doesn't mean we're doormats. Exactly. It doesn't mean we don't have to <clears throat> deal with something or someone's physical being, like if they're trying to bring harm to you physically or something of that nature. It doesn't mean you, you close your eyes and become a no. yeah, pacifist. We're not talking about that. We're talking about remembering in your heart that that is not your enemy. They may be a vessel being used by the enemy, but Satan is actually the one that is your enemy, right? It's not the flesh yes. and blood. And while you may have to deal with what's happening in the natural realm, like I'm not saying don't be an ostrich. God didn't make us ostriches. He didn't make us pacifists. He's, he's neither of those things. But you're not dealing with it out of your flesh. You're not dealing with it um, hatefully or in anger towards the person, but you forgive them, but you still take care of what needs to be taken care of in the natural as well. And even beyond forgiving them, pray for them. That's right. Love right? your Job enemies. Job received everything after he had prayed for his friends, mm -hmm. right? All the blessings, at a hundredfold, right? So double what he had. He received yeah. that after he prayed for his friends. David starts this thing out in verse 4, this psalm, with, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. And so shall I be saved from my enemies. It's about praying for those that are against you, right? Bless those that curse you, that curse you mm -hmm. and spitefully use you, mm -hmm. right? Yes. Okay. And let the Lord do his work. And don't forget the Lord is your defender and your protector. Absolutely. And he can defend you better than you ever could. Because when he does it, it's clean. Right. There's no repercussions for you. There's no swing back coming your way, no boomerang effect. He does it. It's right. But if you do it, well, which and is what you mentioned, Layla. Verses 47 <laughs> through 49 is exactly that, right? The Lord is doing it. The Lord subdues the peoples, right? Mm -hmm. And you can view that either way, as subduing as in eliminated or subduing it as now these are no longer issues. Mm -hmm. Going back to what was in... 44 through 46, they come, they're, they're submitted, they obey, right? Uh, obedient. In other words, there, there's a relationship there. Mm -hmm. And the Lord is the one that has set him above the people, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So he says, he subdues the peoples under me. Mm -hmm. But he first starts with, it's God who avenges me, defends me. He's my Sirach, he's my salvation. It's in mm -hmm. him who I trust. Right? We already know that the Lord said vengeance is his. Yes. And he tells us just to turn it over to him. Give place to wrath means cast your care on Jesus. Right? Don't get entangled yes. in that animosity, that fleshly wrath and 
trying to vindicate yourself and validate yourself. It said means let God be God, and you humble yourself under his hand and let him do what he's already committed to do. And it doesn't mean he's going to chop everybody down for you, but it means he'll take care of the situation. Whatever brings him glory, whatever pleases him, because he knows what's right. We serve a mighty, wonderful, loving, and compassionate God Amen. who is worthy, certainly worthy of all our praise. You know, David understood that, that the Lord is enthroned upon the praise of Israel or his, his people, us telling, telling the Lord, thank you, genuinely thank you, not sarcastic, but genuinely thanking him and valuing his precepts, valuing his choices and decisions and his motivations, like why he's doing things or what he wants to accomplish in the earth, valuing them in our sight as being right and holy and what's best is, is so valuable to the life of the believer. You know, when Jesus, when God would speak with Israel, a lot of times seemed like I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm the God awesome. who brought you out of Egypt. I'm the God, you know, who, who has done all these things for you. He's saying, he's teaching us, remember me, exalt me in your eyes, praise me and be grateful and thankful for what I've already done for you. And also stand in that, knowing who I am, that I'm for you and not against you. Right? Yes. Yes. He is for us and not against us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. It's nothing too hard for him. So I, I like the, the dynamic that you see that, as like you described, sweetheart, that he's going, you know, looking over the phase, the span of his life at this point and going, God has been good. You know, been, even in the hard times, even when I God felt like been good. I was drowning, you know, when he was talking about he sent from above and took me. He took me, he drew me out of many waters. I was like, I felt that feeling. <laughs> I think we've all there's, felt that feeling at some no point. There's no water around, but I still feel like, whew, if, if you don't help me, Lord, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But even that, God going, no, no son, no daughter, I've got you. And being faithful even when we're not. And it's not just for mm -hmm. us here. It applies to every believer and, and by the way, I mean everyone that will call on the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So I encourage you to do that. Call on the name of the Lord. Anyone who will. Submit to his lordship as your Lord and Savior. And then cast your cares on him. Mm -hmm. He will protect you. Mm -hmm. He will guide you. He will save you. You see David exclaim... And proclaim this throughout this, the entirety of this psalm, reflecting on, on his life. He'll do it for David. He'll do it for you. The Lord is no respecter of persons. Mm -hmm. He treats us all equally. Mm -hmm. So I just want to encourage you with that mm -hmm. as we wrap up here for today. Mm -hmm. Just move forward in the things of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Call on him. Cast your cares upon him. And was it the second Chronicles that tells us that the eyes of the Lord? 16.9. Okay, the eyes of the Lord are running to and fro through the earth, looking for someone whose heart is faithful towards him, so that he can show himself strong on their behalf. So be that one that shows God, Lord, I know you can do it. 
I know that there's nothing impossible with you and that your arm is not short and has not grown weak, but you are still strong and mighty to save. So I met God. Let your eyes come over here because I've right. got that. I believe you. He asked that in Revelation, when he, when he returns, or sorry, in the Gospels, when he returns, will he find faith upon the earth? Will he find someone that trusts him, trusts in the Lord to deliver them from everything, regardless of what the situation or circumstances look like? Because mm-hmm. he can do, do it. Do you trust him? Yes. So trust him with everything, every ounce of your being. Trust the Lord. Wants to close out in prayer. I will. All right, promise. Lord, I thank you for drawing us out of all the trouble we've done and casting our sin into the sea of forgetfulness and just helping. Not help. Showing us and telling us that our sin is no more. So that we can move on in your word. And not let the enemy have a handhold inside of our life. Mm-hmm. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Bye. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.